Welcome to All Things Mental Health in Black. This is Brittany Hall, licensed professional counselor. Uh, once again, I want to let all of you know that I am currently taking clients. I am in private practice now. Um, so you can follow my page. I have a Facebook page as well as an Instagram page, Brittany Hall Therapy. Again, that's Brittany Hall Therapy. And I am currently accepting clients. Uh, for today, we have episode nine, identifying toxic traits. So there's been a lot of discussion, I feel like, in our society, pop culture, when it comes to recognizing toxic people in our lives and toxic traits. I, there's a lot of just talk and posting about how to identify a toxic ex or how to identify that toxic family member and how to deal with them. Um, but for this episode, we thought it would be cool to take a different spin or perspective on it. And instead of focusing on how to identify toxic traits in other people in our lives, taking the time to dive in and talk about identif self-identifying toxic traits. So it's real easy to look at other people, their behaviors, and label it as toxic. It takes another level of um, just self-awareness or accountability to do that within yourself and humble yourself to the point where you look in the mirror and you're like, no, like I'm the toxic person in the situation or I um, exhibit behaviors that are toxic. And we have a guest here to help me break this down and provide a black male perspective. We have Hamilton with us. For those of you who may remember or for those who may have forgotten Hamilton was with me on episode three the relationship episode and now he's back uh would you like to say something to the listeners hey I'm just happy to be here again and uh again to offer not only my perspective but um a black male perspective with the disclaimer that um, my perspective is not dispositive of the entire black male population. It's just um, my take on something that I do think is interesting and unique. So thank you for having me again, and I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you here. I think it's so important to get a different view and a perspective on this. So yeah, I'm excited to have you. So to start off, why is it important to self-identify toxic traits? Um, I think that what it really boils down to is what you said before, accountability. Um, in relationships, it's important that each party holds the, the other member of the herb, the other member in the relationship accountable, right? It's also important to hold ourselves accountable. The theory behind that being that if I'm holding myself accountable, right, and you're holding me accountable as well, it's going to be very hard for an outside force or variable to come in and bamboozle us both or outsmart us both or really get in between us. And as long as that accountability is done in a healthy way, it's good. And it's easy, again, like you said in the beginning, to get 
heavy-handed in identifying others' toxic traits, but holding oneself accountable, it also, it, it humbles you, right? So you know that you're working on your own stuff while your partner is working on their stuff, and it kind of keeps an even playing field. So I, at least in my opinion, that's why it's important. I definitely agree with that. Being able to identify those problematic behaviors within yourself as well as identifying it within your partner that does create more of a team and just partnership atmosphere. It's almost like being um, on a sports team and you review the film after the game. So you're able to identify not only where maybe your strong points are or your weak points were in the game, but also being able to identify that in your teammates as well with the understanding that the goal is to get better as a team and move forward in a positive or productive way. I think to me, self-identifying toxic traits ties into um, just that desire. I think it's need <laughs> to that self-development and self-empowerment, self-love. I think we, that's another thing that gets thrown around a lot. Love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. What that actually means and the level of work that it takes to truly actually love yourself day in and day out takes this type of work. Like it takes getting down to the ugly, the nitty gritty, that shit you don't wanna look at, you don't wanna think about and face it head on. Um, and first identify it and recognize it for what it is before we can even talk about what to do with it, how to heal it or anything like that. Uh, so I think that plays a vital role too. And then to sort of just piggyback off of that, loving yourself is a very common phrase, but like you said, what does it mean to really love yourself? So look at your relationship with you know your parents know if you see something or with a cousin or with a friend you see them doing something that is harmful to themselves or is unhealthy or is going to lead them to some sort of negative outcome out of love you tell them like hey ease up or don't do that or you know from the looks of it it looks like you're heading down a you know path that you might not want to go we'll take that same approach with yourself and that's the really hard part because again it's easy to look at yourself and see what you're striving for. It's easy to look at someone else and identify something that they, that they might be doing, but you need to love yourself enough to know that it might not be fun. It might not be particularly glamorous, but it is important to uncover those things um, within yourself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But it's also very important what you do with that information once you have uncovered it. So. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and I think one of the first steps in this is defining what toxic traits are and so for those of you listening like i don't know what that means i don't have an understanding of what they're even referring to toxic traits are unhealthy thoughts and behaviors that can cause increased problems in friendships families romantic relationships work um and also that relationship with yourself and so that your self-concept or your self-esteem. With that said, Hamilton, can you tell us some common toxic traits that people suffer from? Yeah, um, just some that I have experienced in my 
life is um, having a lack of compassion, a lack of honesty, and again, I'm, I'm saying these from the perspective of inward, right? So not necessarily a dishonest person outwardly, but a lack of honesty when looking in the mirror, basically. Resistance to change, I've seen that take many different forms and if unchecked or not acknowledged can metastasize into a, a toxic trait. Um, and a false self-image, whether it's an image that we were told that we needed for, to perpetuate, whether it's an image that we ourselves told ourselves, you know, or we have some trusted outside source telling us that we need to be all of these things, if again unchecked, can um, turn into what you refer to as a uh, toxic trait. So those are the ones that I've um, experienced in my life. Absolutely. Um, is there one that sticks out in particular for you? I, for me, that I myself suffer from or that I've experienced the most um, in other people? Within yourself. I would say either a lack of compassion or being resistant to change. And I think that my tendency to be resistant to certain types of change can um, manifest in so many different ways that, again, if I don't check it, acknowledge it, or realize that it's there, um, it can definitely be one of my um, more stubborn toxic traits to battle with. So. Thank you for opening up like that. Um, to add on to some of the traits that you did mention, other common toxic traits are negativity, being judgmental, not taking responsibility, being manipulative, um, being overly prideful, or like that person who never apologizes, or gaslighting, inconsistency, taking things personally, jealousy. Those are some of the most common ones. Um, these are traits that are very common and really normal to a certain extent. We all do these things, some, some behaviors more than others, um, but I think when we hear words like controlling or manipulative, we think of one type of this just evil person, and that's not necessarily the case. And so all of us have these quirks or behaviors that we do in certain situations or with people and it really is more common than we may realize. So how have you worked to identify toxic traits within yourself? That's really the hardest part, right? So any relationship you're going to have people that if you are exhibiting a toxic trait and um, the relationship is healthy or even if it's not in some cases the person is going to communicate that to you so a lot of what I call self-identification of toxic traits are really traits that I've received or <laughs> information that I've received from other people right so um, being told that I'm exhibiting you know a lack of compassion in a given circumstance or in the way that I'm acting or behaving um, lets me know that hey I need to that's something that I need to watch and examine um, within myself and if it's coming from a trusted source like you know you my mom um, a close friend a confidant 
that is a source for me to at least get a, a starting point of where to start looking because it can be a daunting task to just examine all of your toxic traits, right? So like, what does that even mean? Where do I start? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess looking to my family and other ways that I'm socialized. So we've talked, or I talked about before, like a false self-image. So where did I get that self-image from? Is it from the music I'm listening to? Is it from the TV I'm watching? Is it from the type of person I'm hanging out with? So those are just some of the places that I will start looking and trying to identify my toxic traits, where they come from, or different ways that I can address and or work with them to disallow them from becoming a problem. Absolutely. And how do you know who's a trusted source for that type of feedback? That's a tough one. It's really not a one size fits all. There's, you know, people like I will go to my mom about certain things that I can trace back to my childhood. Right. But I'm not going to ask my mom, you know, hey, mom, why am I so resistant to change right now? It's because I'm grown and the way that she's looking at it and she would analyze that might not be in tune with where I truly am as a young man, you know, on my own. Um, so you have to be careful with where you're sourcing your information from, but it is more so an, of an intuitive thing, right? So I know that you care for me deeply and the only thing that you really ask of me is that I, I be the best version of myself that I can, or at least strive to, strive to be that. Um, I can trust that, right? If you know, I have a bitter friend who's never been in a healthy relationship and that friend's trying to tell me like, hey, you're doing this in your relationship and that's why you're having trouble. Yeah, you know, appreciate it, but you know, I might not exactly take that and run with it. So, I don't know, does that answer your question? Yes, it most definitely does. Uh, and it's important to talk about because as we had mentioned earlier on, being able, it's easy and we're quick to point out toxic traits in others, whether that's accurate or not. And so pointing out the toxic traits in others can be a toxic trait <laughs> if it's being used in a way to like bash someone's image or um, just spew hate, negativity, whatever have you, anger. Um, and so being able to recognize the importance of evaluating what type of feedback you're getting from who and what place that might be coming from from that person are they telling you this out of a place of love or fear or jealousy um that's important to identify and then with getting that feedback um can you tell me how does that initially feel when someone says like i think you're resistant to change or you're, you're, you're not being too compassionate <laughs> um well if i'm honest my 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 first response is what the fuck are you talking about that's like my very first gut <laughs> visceral reaction um because nobody oh, yeah. likes being told about themselves and especially if there's a moniker of truth to it or a portion of truth to it even if you're acknowledging it subconsciously the reaction can be very visceral and you know as long as that is part of the response I think that that's okay like you can't stop there you know especially if it is coming from that trusted source but initially no it um 
it doesn't feel great, you know. If you're sitting having a conversation and that is the subject matter, it can be easy to talk about it. But if you had a long day, you come home and your sister hits you with, you know, I think that you're, I don't know, not spending enough time with mom. And I, it's because you're selfish and you're resistant to change. Like, what? <laughs> I, I don't want to hear that right now. I, I was wondering what <laughs> yeah. I was going to make for dinner, you know. Um, so It's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> right. So, and sometimes there's not, you know. If, if, if there really is a problem and that's what it is, you might need to come across my head at a time where I'm not ready or it's not convenient or whatever. But again, as long as it's coming from a trusted source, right, and it's coming from a place of love. And my reaction to immediately be dismissive is just part of my response. I don't, I don't see an inherent problem with that. We're all human, you know. So, yeah. Absolutely, and I'm glad that you um, explained it that way because it is easy to have that automatic reaction of wanting to um, dismiss what the person's telling you or really put up your defense mechanisms. And so just as humans, we like to protect ourselves, protect our feelings, our image, how we think of ourselves, um, whatever have you. And getting that type of um, constructive, honest feedback can ignite those defense mechanisms and typically that's probably going to be the first thing that arises and so feeling like oh no like they're wrong that can't be true or I don't do that or they just they're just feeling some type of way because this that and the third and that's probably because they asked da 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 and so typically that will be the first reaction so i don't want y'all thinking like somebody's gonna give you feedback and you're just gonna oh yes <laughs> like i receive this right now like i'm working no that's not like maybe like as you're working Hopefully. through and you're getting there especially when it comes to the um the trusted people who have all you've already been through some shit with who do know where you come from and do support you and where you're going once you have that established with someone, they could probably hit you with some shit. Eh, you still probably be defensive in that first, in that like initial reaction, but you coming down from that will be much quicker than like somebody off the street trying to tell you about yourself. Like, mm, no. Um, so yeah, I thought it was great that you touched on that. Um, I think on my end, as far as how I've worked to identify toxic traits within myself, it, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really something to attack from all sides. And so like what you talked about Hamilton with having trusted people around you who will provide you with that honest feedback about yourself, being able to, um, kind of take that in and think about it. Also taking time, excuse me, also taking time to reflect about yourself to yourself. So the amount of people out here running away from themselves and <laughs> running to the club, a bottle, pills, money, work, whatever have you, and doing all this running around and not taking the time to sit still and really think about and work through those dark thoughts that you have that you try not to think about or that trauma that ain't been worked through that you want to keep under the rug or uh, just 
any problems or concerns or triumphs, celebrations. People don't even sit and celebrate themselves. They just go on to the next thing, the next goal. Having that quiet time can be so powerful. And so if that's sitting, thinking to yourself, talking to yourself, Hamilton knows I talk to myself a lot. That's how I process. And that's okay. Um, journaling, whether it's music that resonates with you, just sitting and, and just thinking about some shit. It'll be some crazy shit that happened or a situation or something somebody just went through and they just go on to the next thing. They don't think about it. They don't process it. They don't take the lessons. They don't, they don't sit. They don't sit with it. Um, and so it, it's amazing how much can just really come to you and how you can increase that self-awareness and that self-insight just by sitting still. Something I wanted to ask you and sort of piggybacking off of uh, the sentiment of sitting still. So you spoke about, you know, initially being resistant and being in denial of what's been brought to you. My question for you is you agreed that that was part of the response, right? So what is it that gets you from that initial denial, that initial, I don't do that to the next part, the next phase of your analysis? So what takes you from, okay, no, I didn't do it to whatever comes next. What is that? That's the excellent question. And that's where that self-reflecting piece comes in, um, in my opinion, because now I've received this information and it's something that I need to chew on and starting to think back, whether it's the, and I feel like, a lot of times a part of that process is talking to that person like okay you said I did this kind of what's the evidence really so what happened what did I do what did I say and so not only being able to take what that person said and think about those situations and how you um, how you handled them but also taking it out of that context and looking at the bigger picture. Like, is this something that I've been told all my life? Is this something that, like, yeah, I, I knew it. Like, deep down, I knew it was a problem. I knew it was an issue, but nobody ever called me out on it. So, yeah, I let it ride. It was working for me. Um, having those honest conversations with yourself of, does this actually hold true? And might this be something that is holding me back? And I think that's something that helped me a lot, um, especially within romantic relationships of, okay, if this is an area in my life that I know hasn't been going the way that I've wanted it to, why? <laughs> There's something there. And it's easy to say, oh, it's always the other person. It's always the other person. Eventually, you gotta look at yourself and be like, I'm the problem and if I am why how uh, so that would be the next steps I think what do you think um for me what gets me to the next level is considering the source right so for me it is extremely important for me to receive the information from a trusted source because what it allows me to do is when the information is brought to me and I have my initial denial, after that, I'm able to sit back and say, okay, now Hamilton, what motivation does this person have to tell you something that is untrue? 
what motivation does this person have to waste their time in? You know that you're a difficult person, Hamilton. I too talk to myself, but you know that you're a difficult person, Hamilton. So why would they go through the trouble of, or the, the trouble to bring this to you if there was no truth to it whatsoever? Um, so again, one of my toxic traits that I struggle with is being dismissive, right? So um, to put myself out there, you've told me some things about myself that I immediately, um, like my issues with a false self-image. I pride myself on not caring about what people think of me and being different and exerting my autonomy as an individual. So I don't, I don't conform to labels. I don't, I'm going to do what I want to do. And for, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, and for you to tell me that you've been shown this image and that is coloring your perspective and that's problematic immediately i'm like no what are you talking about i'm hamilton i'm just <laughs> doing me you know but then sitting there like you said sitting there with that and you're like when has she ever told you anything that was gonna hurt you right when has she ever done anything that she was trying to do anything other than uplift you and or help you be the best version of yourself it's like okay so knowing that and knowing that it's coming from a place of love and it's not coming from a place of judgment allows me to against my own will examine the information and let the possibility of it being true um open up and once that opens up at that point i'm able to get to a place where i can be honest and i can sort of disarm my defense mechanism and actually get to the substance of what you're saying so for me <laughs> Yep. And I think to add to that when evaluating um, feedback from others and where that might be coming from, I think the balance, the positive negative balance is key. So if you have somebody in your life who only gives you criticism, only gives you the negative things or what you're doing wrong or what you need to be doing and improve on, scrap it. If you got somebody on the other side who only tells you how great you are and you're doing so good and this is awesome and you can't do wrong and oh my goodness, I think you just shit out gold, scrap it. <laughs> somebody who's really in your corner and actually supporting you, like for real, they're going to give you both. So like when you killed it, they don't have no problem letting you know that. When you fucked up, they don't have no problem letting you know that. <laughs> And so it might be some hesitation, you know, especially when it comes to like the more negative or um, like needs to improve section of things. But you're you're going to get both. And I think that's a, um, a pretty a, can be a pretty clear way. Not always, you know, there's frenemies and, you know, people who slip through the cracks. Um, but for sure, if it's one sided, whether it is a yes man, all positive or shoot a no man, all negative, that's something to watch out for, too. To go along with identifying toxic traits, can we talk a little bit about how um, the education system and our professions can affect the traits or behaviors that we exhibit? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Where, where do you want to start? With you. Oh, okay. Um, so for myself, uh, you know, being a lawyer by trade and in my professional experience, having to navigate some of the corridors of corporate America, I can unequivocally say that 
the way that we are educated and the way that the corporate environment um, has been constructed absolutely lends itself to never, ever, 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 ever having the level of honesty or self-introspection to self-identify, right? Um, when something goes wrong at work, what do you learn very often? Don't let it be your fault, right? So no matter what happens to sort of move and um, maneuver yourself so that the fault or the blame is never with you, right? And in school, what, what are you taught? It's not necessarily don't get in trouble. What is it? Don't get caught, right? So being a high school athlete, we were never taught why we were being told, hey, don't go to these parties. We were never taught why we're not supposed to be around certain elements. It was just don't do it. And if you wanted to do it, our main focus was not getting caught, right? So that culture all lends itself to being insulated from or having one insulate themselves from ever having that true, honest conversation with themselves in order to self-identify. So it's definitely something that I've seen from my perspective, from the way that we're educated to the way that corporate environments operate. It's no wonder why we have a generation and generations of, and I'm going to talk from the male perspective, males who have no ability, desire, or know-how to do the type of self-introspection that we're talking about. Um, so does that answer your question? It sure does. Um, and when it comes to the education system, the corporate world, and the workplace, how is feedback utilized, if it is? Like, is that a role, or what role does that have, consider, if that makes sense? It does. Consider the source, consider the source, consider the source. That is why it is so important for me, why my circle is so small, and why my trusted confidants and people that I care about and that care about me are so valued, right? Because you need feedback, but you also need feedback that you can trust. So in the workplace, if I'm getting feedback from middle management, if I'm getting feedback from someone, I always have to filter that inf information through the lens of what's in it for you. So if I'm excelling in a certain area, and that's the area that I'm getting feedback and that I need to curtail that, do I actually need to curtail that? Or do you have a vested interest in me not doing this thing that is some way, form or fashion threatening you? Um, so yes, feedback can absolutely be weaponized. Um, so that is something that, again, please be careful. This is not an invitation for you to let everybody and anybody tell you about yourself now. <laughs> um, you still gotta, be extremely careful with um, who you're taking this information and how you vet that information. So. I think that's exactly right. And I don't, I don't necessarily want to simplify this or assume that everyone has this ability or whatever have you, but I do feel like to a certain extent it's just very intuitive. Like you can just read someone's vibe or energy what they're telling you um odds are if it's like valuable feedback in the workplace it's gonna fly in the face of like the typical bullshit that you hear <laughs> yeah. and so it'll be one of those moments of like why are you telling me this like if i do this you're 
you're going to lose money or you're not going to have me the way that you had me before. Like it'll fly in the face of their job or position or the organization. It'll, um, I feel like it'll be pretty salient to you in that moment. Um, what do you think? Absolutely. We all have gut feelings, right? And people think that they're slick, but come on, y'all. People are really not that slick. So someone who is, at, it's very rare that you're going to find, you're going to come across someone that is going to be able to completely 100% send you off, right? Where they give you advice and it appears genuine, it appears from a humble place, and it appears as though it's intended to help you and you follow that to your detriment. I, can that happen? It can, but um, the likelihood of that happening is rather low. Your intu that's what your intuition is for. So if somebody is telling you something and it just doesn't feel right, um, clock that, notate that. It doesn't necessarily- It probably ain't right. Right, or it might be, but you're obviously getting this feeling for a reason, right? So the, the explanation might be, yo, you're full of shit, might happen to be right about what you're saying. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes, but also I might take this piece of information and not shit else that you have to say, right? So just because you get that feeling doesn't necessarily mean that you stop 100%, but it should definitely give you pause, right? And if you investigate where that feeling is coming from, I guarantee you, you'll come up with an answer that satisfies your curiosity. Exactly. What are some common toxic traits that are apparent in the workplace, would you say? Honestly, being passive. Um, that is one that I have seen. It's a good one. A lot. Um, people typically, depending on the profession, and even with your more adversarial um, professions, people typically like to go the route of least resistance, right? They don't like confrontation. So if somebody is doing something to you, if something is happening in the workplace, if there is something that is negatively affecting you, many people will shy away from a head-on confrontation with that because it's uncomfortable. Um, and it's just, it makes people feel icky a lot, for lack of a better phrase. But when taken to the extreme, that passiveness can turn into a toxic trait not a toxic trait to the extent that you are hurting someone else but you're hurting yourself and to bring it full circle sure love is. yourself right so yep. being passive like that and i've seen that you know i don't want to lose my job or i don't want such and such to think a certain way about me or do I really have the place to be speaking up about this? And with, especially within our community. Or I don't feel safe right. as a woman or man. The sexual harassment, the intimidation, along with I need this job. I got to pay these bills. I got to feed the kids. Right. And taken to the extreme, the consequences can be devastating. And I'd like for more people in our community to take up more space. They think that, oh, because I'm the only black person, I don't want to speak up. Or because I'm the only woman, I just have to tolerate this. Or because of whatever circumstance, they're using that as just, our people use that as justification not to exert themselves. Or I don't want to be confused as the angry black person, right? Yes. Um, or I don't want to be confused as a thug who's going to lose his temper and 
you know, apparently turn into the Hulk and need to be shot however many damn times. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a way to do it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you cut somebody out, you know, in the boardroom now or in the meeting or in the lunchroom or the break room or whatever. Those Zoom <laughs> meetings, man. Right. But, you know, there is a way for you to stand up, assert, assert yourself and take up space because it is your right and it is absolutely within your... Um, rights to demand to be treated the same as everyone else and that's one of the most toxic traits that i have seen um is a reluctance to be assertive and just being passive and taking that to the extreme Ooh, that ooh, i i feel that in my bones because you see it all the time um and i've done it i've felt it myself being passive in the workplace and the toll that that takes on just your person your self-esteem your mental health it can be so incredibly draining um and so it makes you question what you do for a living it can make you question yourself as a person your worth um and we spend so much time at work (laughs) And so if you're full-time, above full-time, working two jobs, going to school, whatever have you, we spend a shit ton of our lifetime at work. So you got to make sure that environment is working for you. You know you're working for them, (laughs) unless you're working for yourself, but you got to make sure that it's working for you. And you're exactly right. If you don't stand up for yourself, who will? They're not going to do it. (laughs) They're going to tell you to sit down, shut up, punch in these numbers or whatever it is that you do and call it a day. So you absolutely got to stand up for yourself. On the other end of that, can you talk about what can happen, especially as a black person, when you do stand up for yourself? That's oftentimes where the gaslighting begins, especially in the professional sense. So what is gaslighting? It's when somebody is doing something obvious to you and though they see it in their face, you see it in your face. They look at you and tell you that it's not happening. It's sort of the don't believe your own lying eyes um, concept. So as a person of color standing up in the workplace, you know, if everybody else with the same educational background, with the same level of experience and with the same basic knowledge that you have, is earning you know two dollars an hour more than you and the only differentiating factor there is your color and you subsequently bring that up um you can be told any number of things that you know somebody's qualifications was more in alignment or according to the budget they hired you at whatever rate that they could afford or you know, you bring this up and it's at this point that they want to bring up a complaint about you that they had three months ago. You know, they didn't say anything to you three months ago. Two months ago was your review. That didn't come up at your review. But now that you are asserting yourself, there's an issue. And again, that is all designed for someone who doesn't love themselves. Right. And that is all designed for someone who hasn't had these conversations with themselves. Because if you've, if you've had the conversation with yourself, and you've identified the fact that you are being passive and that you don't have to be passive. And what you are asking for is no more than what you are owed. What you are asking for is inherently, there's not inherently wrong or problematic and is what everybody else would ask for and nobody else 
will tolerate if you've had that conversation with yourself and accepted that at the point where, you know, this boss is telling you that you are, you know, ungrateful for the position that you have with the way that the economy is, you can say, okay, yeah, the economy might be bad, but also it's not bad enough that you're not paying them, that you're not paying me the same amount that you're paying them, you know, and being able to stay the course and again, not raising your voice necessarily, not necessarily um, exhibiting anything other than your professional demeanor, it, it, it goes a long way. And a lot of times, at least in my experience, management doesn't know how to handle that. Management doesn't know how to respond to that. And in one way or another, will give you what you want, either directly or indirectly. Um, so that's what, I, at least some of the ways that I've experienced it. Yeah, that's, that's some of the ways I've experienced it, too. Um, it can feel as if damned if you do damned if you don't um <laughs> but it's really not i think the self-love is important and that definitely goes into the workplace and also know your worth <laughs> know your worth as a person as a worker as a black worker you gotta know your worth and have an understanding that whatever compensation that they're giving you Odds are, as a black person, they should be giving you more. <laughs> Typically, they are not going to pay us what we are worth. Um, and something that I remind myself of when it comes to uh, the workplace, knowing my worth, standing up for myself, is reminding myself, slavery's over. <laughs> I'm not working for free no more. I'm not doing what you tell me to do just because you tell me to do it and you want it done this way. Um, slavery's over. It is over. So we're here to get what is ours. We are here to earn what we deserve. That the, it that, that shit's over. And to piggyback off of that, you're exactly right. My Our ancestors did not bleed. Our ancestors were not beaten. Our ancestors didn't risk everything for us to turn around and let you just treat us any kind of way. We're carrying the legacy of our ancestors, that bravery, that resilience, that honor, that regalness. So carry that with you. It's okay for you two to have that. You'll hear people say, you'll hear that we descend from royalty. That's what that means, that, that ability to persevere and survive. So don't let them take that from you. And again, you know, know your worth, do your homework now. This isn't, you know, an, an invitation for you to kick down the door like the Kool-Aid man tomorrow when you go to work demanding, you know, a 60% raise. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. But if there is something that is truly negatively affecting you and it's within their control to do something about it, it's okay to take up some space. And you know what? It might be that they're not going to do anything about it. But guess what? You know something now. And you can start making the moves that you need to make to get to a place where you need to be. Because again, come on. <laughs> Ooh, talk about it. So, talk about it. Yeah. You know, it just boils down again to that self love. So you do this uncomfortable work. So when you're in that position, when you are back against the wall and the boss is telling you some crazy shit that you know, don't make damn sense. And they're trying to make you feel crazy. You can calmly and in control say, no, 
and fight back. That's the thing that they don't want you to do. And they think that fighting back means pitchforks and, you know, violence, but fighting back can simply be, I love myself enough to know that what you're telling me is a bunch of bullshit and I'm not going to tolerate it. Hey, all things mental health and black listeners. I hope you are enjoying this episode so far. Please be sure to stay tuned for part two. Okay, so um, going along those lines, it's important to be a part of that community, that tribe, that family um, that we've been talking about. And so get plugged in with us, all things mental health and black. I got a Gmail account. You can email. Got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all things mental health and black. Um, And just get plugged in, get connected. This is a great way. This is a great starting point. You're listening to this. That's something. (laughs) That is most definitely something. And it's time to get linked up with like-minded people other listeners who are interested in this content who are working on themselves and their mental health and toxic traits and things like that Um, but the way to generate that change and to build that trusted council that we kept speaking about is to get plugged in so follow us on facebook instagram Uh, you can email all things mental health and black also Send me your questions. There's going to be a things to consider episode that'll be coming up soon. So send me your questions. It's all things mental health and black at gmail.com. And to wrap up this episode again, this is episode nine, identifying toxic traits, peace, love and therapy.